Good afternoon, and thank you for coming to my lecture this afternoon. I, I you know, doing a, uh, a topic on Kanye West is very tricky. So I didn't know who was going to show up. I thought it was going to be me, my two friends, and my mom. But uh, <laughs> But I'm thankful. I've got uh, I've got my dad here today. My my mother, of course, is here. I've got uh, Andrew, my ministry partner, all the way from Savannah, Georgia. I've got my brother in arms, Aaron, from uh, Mission Viejo, and brother Billy Curl is in the house this yeah. afternoon as well. <laughs> brother Curl uh, was a missionary along with my grandpa in uh, in Ethiopia, and he's been a family friend for many many years. So, a pioneer in the faith. So thank you, thank you for coming. And I'm feeling last, so I can't I can't leave Linda I'm out. I'm sorry, so Linda. So Linda is here. Linda is from my home congregation right now in Savannah, Georgia, and Linda is very special because we went to Ethiopia. Did we go to Ethiopia and we South did. Africa no, together? Ethiopia. We went to Ethiopia together, and uh, Linda has been knowing me for a long time as oh, well. Yes, yes. And she always travels uh, whenever we go somewhere. She is a wonderful supporter, and I'm blessed to, uh, to know her. Thank so you. thank you, Linda. You wore my heart for being here. So, uh, Real quick background, my name is Jason Darden. I am the uh, minister at the Parkway Church of Christ in Savannah, Georgia. I've been in Savannah, Georgia for about a year and eight months now. Uh, I transitioned to Savannah from uh, Orange County, from Mission Viejo, the Mission Viejo Church of Christ, where I was the, uh, the minister uh, there. So uh, I, um, I wanted to do a class on Kanye West because he is a very complicated individual and I thought it fit really well with the theme this year of the Pepperdine Bible Lectures, which is a broken hallelujah. So when I think of somebody who is maybe broken and likes to shout hallelujah, Kanye West fits that description very, very well. Um, so I'm also in the Army. I've been in the Army for, uh, I think, 21 years now. I'm a chaplain in the Army, which is really cool. I'm also a graduate of the best university in America, Harding University. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Um, so, <laughs> so real quick, I want to give you an overview. Uh, so in the Army, we do this thing called, uh, when we do our briefings, we do um, this thing called task conditions and standards. So I just want to give you an overview of what we're going to do in the class today and then just go through the material so you guys are aware. So, uh, task. My task today is to give you a quick overview of the man Kanye West uh, during this, uh, this lecture. And I want to talk about how cross pressure has made a significant impact in his, uh, his journey. So that's my twofold purpose today, to give you an overview and to talk about cross pressure and what, what that means for us and, and what that means for Mr. Kanye West. I actually invited Kanye West to class today, but I didn't hear back from him. You know? <laughs> I did, I did. That's I didn't awesome. hear back from anybody, but I did invite him. So, uh, I don't know, maybe he'll hear this later on. So, um, so condition, in a classroom environment, this is what we do in the Army. Uh, I have about 50 minutes to get through this material. Uh, I'll be using a series of slides along with videos to uh, support the position that I'm going to try to make. And uh, I may turn off the lights at one point, just to let you guys know, because I've got some video clips to show. And then the standard. So this afternoon, my goal is that you would uh, know more about the life of uh, Mr. Kanye West. So next time that you hear about him or see him on TV, you can say, 
I know who he is, and I know how faith has played a part in his, uh, in his life. So, without a doubt, I think everybody in here has probably heard of Kanye West, right? So you know who he is, or you've seen his name out there, and you kind of don't know his story. Um, so we're going to take the time this afternoon, uh, with the time that I have, to talk about uh, his narrative and his story. So, the first thing I want to do is define the word cross-pressure. Have you heard that word before? Cross-pressure. So let's start with a working definition of the term cross-pressure. And you can take pictures of the slides, you can do whatever you want to do to keep this with you. But I want to start with a working definition of the word cross-pressure. So when you think of cross-pressure, um, the, the, the bottom line is it's an idea that you're exposed to different incompatible uh, opinions. So it's kind of like a tug-of-war, right? So that's what, what cross-pressure means. So I put option Number one and option number two. So an example of cross-pressure would be um, Democrat, Republican, and you're in the middle trying to figure out what to do with all of this, right? So that would be an example. Uh, we could say good, we can say evil. So there's these, these opinions or ideas and they're incompatible with each other and you're kind of in the middle forced to make a decision. So we deal with cross-pressure all the time. That's something that is a part of our culture, something that you probably deal with on a daily, daily basis, and, and sometimes you probably don't even think about it, but we all deal with cross-pressure. Um, in the political climate, it's huge, right? You've got differing sides and differing opinions, and what do you do with all this? Right now, in the Churches of Christ, we're dealing with this idea of cross-pressure, aren't we, right? So we talk about uh, gender inclusion in the church. So there's one side that, that gender inclusion is okay. And then we have others in our fellowship that say, no, that's not where we need to be right now. And you fill in the blank, right? Instruments, non-instruments, so forth and so on. So this is a term that is a part of our lives today. And it's deep in there, right? So we all deal with this idea of cross-pressure. And um, for the Christian, it would make sense for us. Come on in, come on in. For the Christian... It would really make sense to us if we looked at Scripture to kind of explain this idea of cross-pressure a little bit more. So, uh, you guys have read this passage before, Romans chapter 7, verses 18, 19, and 21. For I know that the good itself, or for I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil that I do not want to do, this I keep doing. So I find this law at work, although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. An example of cross-pressure. We're stuck in this place with two opposing forces. And how do we, how do we navigate it? So this idea, this concept... Uh, makes sense to us, no doubt, because it's something that we deal with every single day, okay? So here's, here's, here's the million-dollar question uh, for this afternoon. Why, why Kanye West? So I have a friend that's a Jesuit priest. He works at Loyola Marymount. I used to work over there. So I drove by yesterday along with Andrew, and I, I went and talked to him, and I was just checking in with him, saying what's up. And he said, what are you doing in town? I heard you're in Georgia now. I said, I'm going up to Pepperdine to give a lecture. And he said, what's your lecture on? I said, the theology of Kanye West. And when I said that to this Jesuit priest, he didn't even flinch. He was like, 
Oh, really? <laughs> he said, I'm giving a lecture on the resurrection. <laughs> and he there, and he said it. I was like, I felt so crunchy. I mean, I some kind of way when you start talking about the theology of Kanye West. And then I made a mistake. You know what mistake I made? I came up with this cool image. You guys saw the image, right? It was a picture. And the, so I put that on my Facebook page, right? And then I get some preacher buddies. They start writing. They start writing. And one of, the, one of the brothers says, so now we're doing sermon series on celebrities. Is that what we're doing now? Uh, man, and I'm just thinking, wow, maybe I made a mistake in, in choosing this material. Maybe I just messed up. Maybe that's not the key. But I think there's something to be said about the life of Kanye West. Um, he has a unique story, an interesting story. And it's a story that I think if we're going to be honest and true to ourselves, something that we all deal with. Something that we all deal with. So that's why Kanye West. Kanye West was one of my favorite rappers growing up. Very, very favorite one in the beginning. When I first heard his music, I said, man, this is, this is great. And his music, if you didn't know, impacted the lives of many young black Christians today. You know why? Because Kanye West, in his song, in his first album, talked about Jesus. And I remember being at Harding University, and when that album came out, the song was called Jesus Walks. Jesus Walks. It was amazing, right? And I remember being in my college dorm room and just hearing that music blast. And I'm thinking, I didn't know you could combine Jesus and rap music. This is, this is amazing. So I remember being a young Bible student at Harding University playing Kanye West and being moved that this guy could talk about Jesus in his music. And I thought it was amazing. For us, he was the first Christian rapper. Right? He really was. Although Christian rap or Christian hip-hop has been around for many, many years. But you didn't hear it. I didn't grow up listening to Christian rap. It was kind of weird to me, right? So, but when Kanye West started talking about Jesus, I said, man, there's something here. So for me, he was a really important figure. And for young blacks, he is, or was, I should say, a very, very important uh, figure. So why use Kanye West? Well, because... Um, he goes against the status quo, and I appreciate that. He doesn't move with the crowd. He says what he thinks, he thinks what he says, and his theology really is a twisted motif with many ebbs and flows that probably, if we're going to be honest again, most of us experience. Um, and, um, and that's why Kanye West. He's out there, he's a big figure, and it's great to, I think, examine his life and to see what we can kind of pull from, from his life. So that's why Kanye West. So I want to talk about who Kanye West is first, okay? Um, first of all, his name is Kanye West, okay? <laughs> My grandpa calls him Conway. I say, Grandpa, it's not Conway. It's Kanye, Kanye. Other people call him Kane. No, it's not Kane, it's Kanye. Kanye West, okay? So let me talk about, if you didn't know, here's who he is. He is a music producer, a recording artist, a fashion designer, a political pundit, and a church planter. So let me tell you about Kanye West, the music producer. Um, Kanye West does not play any instruments. None whatsoever. Did you know that? And he admits it. He says, I can't play any instruments. But what he did is he mastered 
a, uh, a musical instrument called the, it's not an instrument, musical computer called an MPC. It's basically a machine where you're able to take sounds from other people playing instruments and input it into this machine, right? Um, and you get certain sounds. I can get a trumpet sound. You can take that and put this into the machine. You can get some piano sounds, put it into the machine. And what he does is he gets a host of different sounds and he's able to play them in sequence to make a song. It's actually genius. So I have an MPC. I'm also working on my doctorate. I can't figure that thing out for the life of me. It's really, really hard. So to understand how to use an MPC and even a drum machine, you have to be smart. You have to be smart. You have to know math. You have to know timing. He's almost like a scientist. It's almost like flying a plane. I think Andrew was telling me when you fly a plane, you have to know what buttons to push in order to make it work, right? In order to get off the ground and be in the air and then land it, it takes skill. So in order to make this NPC work, you gotta have somebody with some skill and he self-taught. He taught himself how to do all of this and that's what makes him special. So he started off as a music producer um, learning how to master this MPC, which, like I said, it's like learning Greek. It's really hard if you've never played with one before. It takes a lot of training to be able to figure it out. He picks it up on his own, by himself. Um, so he starts off as a hip-hop beat maker and a producer. So that's what he's known for from the beginning, okay? So that's, that's him in a nutshell. Then he transitions, and he becomes a recording artist. So he starts off making beats. And then he says he wants to become a rapper as well, so he starts songwriting and making lyrics and writing down lyrics. And he actually becomes really, really good at it, in so much that there are two people, if you didn't know, that are top-notch songwriters that write a lot of pop music today. Just really two main people. The first person goes by the name of Ryan Tedder. Have you heard that name before? A guy, the lead singer in One Republic. He writes everybody's music. Do you know where he went to school? Oral Roberts University. <laughs> he is a devout Christian. Devout Christian. And he writes, he wrote Halo for Beyonce. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. So he's this genius songwriter. The other person that writes everybody's music is Mr. Kanye West. Most of the pop songs that you hear on the radio today, Kanye has influenced it somehow, some way. So this guy is amazing, recording artist. Then he has recently, I shouldn't say recently, if you follow Kanye West, you know he's big into fashion. So um, what made Kanye West really cool and special from the beginning was that he dressed totally different than the rappers in the 90s. So I grew up listening to 90s hip hop, the real stuff, right? So you had rappers, if you, I'm just, you had, you had rappers like DMX, right? Where you wore baggy pants and, and, and exactly, and you wore, and back in the 90s, you wore big, big uh, team jerseys, right? And yeah, exactly. And then, <laughs> there you go. And then you wear a hat or a hoodie and chains, and, and that was the standard in the 90s. And Timberland boots, right? Mm -hmm. Kanye West comes onto the scene. Do you know what he wears? Khakis and a pink polo. <laughs> Talking about he's a rapper. Yep. And during that time period, it was genius because nobody else was doing it. So it made kind of nerdy kids like me feel like I could be a part of the hip-hop generation because that's how I dressed. So he made it cool to kind of be preppy and be involved in hip-hop. So from the very beginning, he was looked at as a fashion icon, okay? One of the things that he did is he designed a tennis shoe for Nike, 
and the shoe was called the Red October. Has anybody heard of that shoe? So he designs this shoe for Nike. They put it up online. He charges $5,000 for the shoes. And the shoes sell out within five hours of being posted online. This guy's a fashion icon. It's crazy. Crazy. $5,000. So what happened is Nike had to drop this guy because he was taking so much attention away from the Jordan brand. And a lot of people don't know that. So right now, Kanye West is no longer with Nike, he's with Adidas. And if you look at college students and what they're wearing on their feet, they're usually wearing Kanye West shoes, if you didn't know. So, fashion designer. What about political pundit? You guys have heard about Mr. Kanye West. So what I'm going to do is uh, uh, I'm going to play a clip. You guys know Kanye has been involved heavily in sharing his opinion about politics for many, many, many years right now. So if you don't know, I'm going to play a clip. Um, and I'm going to hit this light real quick. I think it's this one right here. And uh, it's, it's, you guys will recognize this. Hopefully it'll work. Um, and we'll talk about it here in a moment. Perhaps surprisingly, maybe not surprisingly, one of the subjects that's gotten the most attention in the last couple of days is what you write about Kanye West and what he said about you after Hurricane Katrina. Yeah. George Bush doesn't care about black people. He, he clearly has heard the furor over that, and he has read the headlines. He stopped by to see me yesterday. All right. And, and I want to play you a small portion of what he said because he seems to have changed his tone rather dramatically. I would tell George Bush, in my moment of frustration, I didn't have the grounds to call him a racist. But I believe that in a situation of high emotion like that, we as human beings don't always choose the right words. And that's why I'm here. It seems to have regret. What's your reaction? Well, I, I appreciate that. Uh, I, um, it, it wasn't just Conway, Kanye West who I cited him as an example. I cited others as an example as well. And, um, you know, I appreciate that. Well, I called his comment a low point. And, and one of the things you and I have spoken about a lot of our conversations over these past couple of weeks is your faith. Does your faith allow you to forgive Kanye oh, West? Absolutely, of course it does. And uh, I, I didn't, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not a hater. I didn't hate Conway West, but I was talking about an environment <laughs> in which people were willing to say things that, that hurt. And uh, nobody wants to be called a racist if, 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 if in your heart uh, you're you believe in equality of race. All right. Do you guys remember this situation in the yeah. media? Uh -huh. Okay. So. Um, it, so what happened in 2005 was, was a really, really big event. You guys know what happened in 2005 that sparked all of this. You guys know what it is? Hurricane Katrina. So you guys remember, Hurricane Katrina comes, and it just devastates the area, right? I mean, uh, you guys remember the waters come in. What's the Lake, Lake Pontchartrain got breached? Mm -hmm. I, I, yeah, and all the waters come in. And remember, black community and those people were on tops of, of roofs, right, waving flags to be rescued. Then they have this image of President Bush in a, I think a plane or a helicopter, just kind of looking out of the window, but he was surveying the damage, but a lot of people of color, black people said, man, he just, they don't care about us, because they were stuck out there for days and days and days and days, right? So you guys remember that horrible, horrible event. Later on, um, MTV does this, uh, this uh, I guess, telecom where they're trying to raise money uh, for the victims of, uh, of Hurricane Katrina. So they're doing this special, they're on live television raising money. They decide to tap Kanye West's shoulder and ask him to come along. They didn't know he was this outspoken yet, right? 
He was just this powerful figure, uh, um, powerful musician and artist. So they say, come on and be a part of this telethon. Do you guys remember who was standing next to him during that interview? Mike, Mike Myers, right? <laughs> Mike Myers. I wanted to show that clip. I wanted to show the clip, but I, I just would have taken too long. So anyway, so Mike Myers is making this plea to help these people. We're trying to raise money, and he's talking, and then he's reading a teleprompter. So Kanye West is there as well, and he the first two lines he reads off the teleprompter, and then he just completely drifts away from that. And he's really nervous, and everybody's going, uh-oh, Kanye, he's about to go off script. What is he going to say? Uh, and then Mike Myers kind of jumps in to try to corral him, and then Mike or uh, Kanye West just says, it. he says, George Bush doesn't care about black people. And I remember Mike Myers was like, what did you just say? Right? And then, and then they shut Kanye off, and they went to the next guy who was interviewing, and he was like, so it, was just, it, was just, it was just weird, and, every, and then they just went to commercial break. So that was, that was Kanye, right? The president, President Bush, heard about that, and President Bush was really, really hurt by those comments. Really, really hurt. But black people love that Kanye spoke his mind, right? And many black people were applauding. Yeah, whether you agree with it or not, disagree with it, they were applauding. Yes, he spoke his mind, right? President Bush, it hurt his feelings. Later on, Kanye realized that wasn't the best option, so he makes an apology to President Bush. And now, if you didn't know, they're pretty good friends. It's really neat, really neat. But... Kanye went on further to uh, be more involved with politics. He said he was going to run for president in 2020. And I don't know if you heard about that or not. I think it was during the Grammys or something like that. He said he was going to run for president. And people were cracking up about that. But he has become very close friends with a guy that you might know. President Donald Trump, right? So I don't know how this relationship began, but here's how I think it began. Uh, you know, President Trump has been involved with, with pop culture his entire existence. He knows, like, all the rappers in New York City. He has relationships with people. So naturally, when he started running for the presidency, Kanye West said, I'm going to make sure I stay close to President Donald Trump. So when Trump was running and campaigning and he finally won, the first person that showed up on his doorstep from, from music and from hip-hop culture was Mr. Kanye West, right? And he has this conversation with Donald Trump, and they come out, and I have a clip of that, too. I can't show it now. But President Trump puts his arm around Kanye West and says, I really, really like this guy, right? And from that point on, it started this amazing love affair between Kanye West and President Trump. In so much that Kanye West loves wearing that MAGA hat, Make America Great Again, right? And this is actually a picture where Kanye West got a meeting with President Trump. Did you guys hear about this? where he got to sit down along with Jim Brown and talk to President Trump about issues. And President Trump loves it. Now, it has become a problem for many black people and people within the hip-hop culture who disagree with President Trump. So when they see Kanye West wearing that hat, they absolutely hate it. So right now, within the black community, I think it's safe to say that many people don't like Mr. Kanye West anymore. Within the hip-hop community, rather. That's probably a better way to phrase it. They just don't really care for him because they say this guy who used to be really real, speaking his mind, is now friends with the president of the United States who they don't really care for too much. But what I love about Kanye West is he says what he thinks and feels and he just goes with it. 
So right now he's a supporter. And he's supporting this movement called Blexit. The black exit from the Democratic Party. Mm. Right? So that's what he's a part of right now. And he's saying side with he's saying side with me. Let's 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 leave this thing. So anyway, that's Mr. Kanye West uh, and his uh, his political leanings. Okay, so um, you guys could probably add more to this conversation. It's really really interesting. All right, lastly, here's something that's really really cool. If you did not know, uh, Kanye West, some would say, is also a church planter. This is what's really crazy. So I was talking to some campus minister. Uh, he said, uh, and I think some of the Pepperdine students, they go to this uh, event called Coachella. Coachella. Have you heard of Coachella? It's out in the Coachella Valley. It's in the desert. They have this big musical event where they invite all kind of artists to come. Beyonce, Justin Bieber, all kind of rappers. And students absolutely love it. So 20-somethings. And I heard Coachella is getting kind of old now. I heard older people are going to Coachella, so people are leaving that and going to somewhere else. But, but anyway, there's this big event out there. Kanye West shows up, and he decides to hold a church service at Coachella, which is crazy, crazy. So I think I've got an article that I'm going to read to you and show you real quick about Coachella. <laughs> Kanye West. So I'm going, to read the, I'm going to read this real quick. The artist who last year in a meeting with President Trump wore a Make America Great Again hat while telling him that it made me feel like Superman <coughs> didn't utter the president's name on Sunday. Rather, he, a preacher, singers, and dancers, renewed their allegiance to Jesus with a fervent display of worship. What? I didn't see it coming, Taylor Scott, 25, says. I was prepared to put Easter on the back burner for Coachella, but Kanye kind of brought it here. <clears throat> Even skeptics know that West's turn toward God isn't manufactured. He long wrestled with religion and sought solace in spirituality, most famously in 2004, Jesus walks, which he performed near the end of the service. So, uh, this article is a really long article, but it is something else. As a matter of fact, um, someone was telling me that some students from Pepperdine uh, went out there just to be a part of Coachella, and when they saw this service, they were a part of it. And I wish I could have interviewed some of them today, but this was like a crazy event. Kanye West is out there selling t-shirts that say Holy Spirit on it. I don't know if you can see that. And these young people, 20-somethings, are out there worshiping. And, and the article says many people gave their life to Jesus that day, which is <laughs> something else. That is really strange, especially if you've ever heard any of Kanye West's lyrics. Because <laughs> there's two sides of Kanye, am I right? Am I right about it? So I know I'm talking about the good stuff, but if you listen, sometimes you can't listen to this stuff. You have to turn it off because it's that bad. So I'm, I'm kind of spelling out the, the, the good side of Kanye, but there's some really evil stuff about Kanye as well. Some of those lyrics, you just go, that is of, that has to be of Satan. And you know, recently he was diagnosed as what? Bipolar. Bipolar. And it's evident in kind of how he lives and kind of how he functions. But this is Mr. Kanye West. All of this stuff. Fashion designer, music producer, artist political pundit, church planter. So how did he get to this place? Do you guys know his life, his life story? 
his background. So if you think about Kanye West, you, right now you probably have two opinions on him. One, he is absolutely crazy, right? Who is this guy? Who does he think he is? I know that's how a lot of people think. Who is this guy, Conway West? <laughs> and, what, and, what is he, and why is he so famous? Why is he so important? So that's one side of it. The other side is people who have followed him for a long time completely understand what's going on with him. So I am one that followed him for a long time. So I want to give you kind of a biography of his life if you didn't know, okay? So this is kind of really neat. You ready? You ready for this? All right, here we go. Look at that picture. That is Mr. Kanye West. That's Kanye West. So Kanye Omari West was born in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, Tere and Donda West, they divorced early on in his life, um, but that's where his life started, and they later moved to Chicago, Illinois. So that's why you hear the Chicago theme in Kanye's music. That's where he was raised. That's where he grew up. So what's really cool about this whole story is that Kanye West's dad, number one, was a Black Panther, but was very, I mean, he was highly intelligent and became one of the first black photojournalists in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Um, so it's really, really unique, this, this, this narrative, this background, this story. Right now, as we speak, Kanye West's dad is a Christian counselor. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah, yeah. Right now, so he transitioned. I don't know the whole story of his dad, but his dad right now is heavily involved in faith and is a Christian counselor. That's Kanye West's dad, you guys. Kanye West's dad, okay? His mother was highly, highly educated. You know her story, how she passed away. If you didn't, I'll tell you. But uh, Mrs. West was an English professor at Clark Atlanta, which is pretty prestigious. I have some buddies that attended Clark. And she was the first black chair of the English department at Chicago State University. And she taught in China with an exchange program. <clears throat> So early or on in his life, Kanye West moved with his mother to China, and he learned to speak Chinese when he was young. Mm -hmm. uh, many interviewers interview him, and it's well noted that Kanye West was a really, really smart kid. Really smart. Got A's and B's, okay? That's Mr. Kanye West, the guy that we see on TV that's crazy, right? Very, very smart guy. Um, and he had an interest in music and the arts early, early on insomuch that he received a scholarship, a full scholarship, to the American Academy of Art. A lot of people don't know that. That's Mr. Kanye West. And isn't that the case of many geniuses, smart people, right? They have these brains gushing out of them, and, and they do phenomenal things. That's, that's Kanye West. Kanye West had a very difficult uh, time uh, a few years ago because his mother, who's highly educated, went in for some procedure to get some plastic surgery, and she passed away during the anesthesia, so that, or during when she was under. And uh, so that really had an impact, found impact on Kanye's life. And you kind of see a change in him around that time period. But that's this man's background. Pretty smart. There's a lot of people that I know that are really smart, and they, uh, and they have a really, really unique narrative. I want to talk about his Christian upbringing. He grew up as a Christian. And this is what he says about Christianity. Christianity wasn't an option when I was growing up. You know what that means. Mom and dad made me go to church. Right? Um, it was the only thing. It wasn't like I was given a decision at the time. Get up, you're going to Bible class. You know how you decide that you want to be a doctor or a lawyer or a painter or a basketball player or whatever. You're not given a decision of what religion you want. Your parents just give it to you like you're a Jew or you're a Muslim 
or you're a Christian. So even in this comment, you hear some nuances there of him trying to figure this thing out, him not fully understanding. But he was raised going, in, going to church. His mother was a devout believer. His father now is a Christian counselor. So Kanye knows about Jesus. And even in his music, he says, I've been baptized. Right? So I want to talk about uh, my, one of my favorite albums of all time. And you guys probably already know where I'm going. So Kanye is one of these geniuses that he gets this academic scholarship to this music academy, shows up at school, and you know what he does. You know what most geniuses do when they're in this school. What do they do? Play. They drop out, right? Did Zuckerberg finish? No. I, I, don't, I don't know if he did. Uh, Bill Gates, did he finish? No. The list goes on and on and on of people who don't finish school, and sometimes those are the ones that make profound impacts on society. So this was Kanye West. He was in school. His mother encouraged him to go to school to work on his grades. Kanye is there. He's really struggling through school, so he decides to drop out of school. And to his mother's uh, pain, uh, it really hurt her, and he decided to drop out. And in his music, he talks about letting his mother down. But he did something really genius. You know what he did? When he dropped out of school, he decided to give himself completely to music full time. And you know, the debut album that he created was called The College Dropout. <laughs> That's what he named his album, The College Dropout, right? And it's interesting because he's just kind of telling his story, but this is really genius. Just look at the, the mascot, and, and, and he's in college. This is genius, and people don't realize this was really, really smart. Nobody had done this before, right? So this album is released in 2004, and you guys, if you, if you listen to Kanye, you remember when it hit. I mean, it was like an atomic bomb when that album dropped. Everybody was listening to it. And there was these religious undertones in, in the music. He sings, I'll fly away in the music. So we're thinking this is like a Christian artist. So anyway, sold over 4 million copies, won Grammy that year for uh, the best rap album. And I know you can't see this, but it's named by Time and Rolling Stone as one of the greatest albums of all time. It's up there ranked with Queen and Michael Jackson's work. And a lot of people don't know that. If you don't listen to hip-hop, you, you would never know that. But that's Mr. Kanye West. And then the song on there that changed us, that changed us, was this song called Jesus Walks. And like I said, that was the first time that I ever heard a rapper talk about Jesus. It was amazing. So here are some of his lyrics. He said, I ain't here to argue about his facial, facial features or here to convert atheists into believers. I'm just trying to say the way school need teachers the way Kathleen needed Regis, that's the way I need Jesus. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's, really, that's really good. So here go my single dog, radio needs this. They say you can rap about anything except for Jesus. That means guns, lies, videotapes, but if I talk about God, my record won't get played? Huh? And I remember being in Bible class at Harding and hearing this, and I was like, you guys hear this? And we were so excited. Somebody talked about Jesus. And it was profound. It was groundbreaking to us. So people that kind of fall into my generation and within my, my cultural upbringing, we, we loved Kanye West. He was bold enough to talk about Jesus in his music. right? And this narrative continues on. 
for him in his other albums. He had an album that was released uh, in 2006, and one of his songs is called Ultralight Beam. Has anybody heard this song before? Oh, very good. It's a powerful, powerful song where he's talking about his struggle in faith. Where he's just pouring it out there. He's really trying to figure out what's going on. And you guys can read these lyrics. I'm trying to keep my faith. But I'm looking for more. Somewhere I can feel safe. In the end of my holy war. I'm trying to keep my faith. So why send depression? Not a blessing. Why or why do you do me wrong? You persecute the weak. Because it makes you feel strong. To save. Don't have much strength to fight. So I look to the light, Lord, to make these wrongs turn right. Head up high, I look to the light, hey, because I know that you'll make everything all right. And I know that you'll take good care of your child. Oh, no longer am I afraid of the night, because I look to the light. So, and when you hear these lyrics, you go, oh, here goes another rapper trying to get involved with religion. Kanye had been... <laughs> had been a believer for, for many, many years. But over the course of time, he experienced challenges where he really questioned his faith. Have you been there before? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You've been there before. And I guarantee you, if you lived in the public eye, you would probably have some dirt on you, too, that the world would know about, right? Yeah? Now, I'm not here to say Kanye is a, is a good person. If he were sitting here, I'd probably I'm not here to say that. I can't say that. He's a, he's a great man. But I can just say he's transparent. And in his life, we see the struggle that all of us face and go through. We struggle. We question our faith. We wonder why certain things happen to us. And we, and we struggle through it. And Kanye's life is a reflection of all of that. And it's really, really neat. You know what Kanye's life reminds me of? This, this idea of a broken hallelujah. And you know what's really interesting is I picked this topic... Um, Actually, before I knew what the theme of the Pepperdine Bible Lectures or Harbor was this year. And I said, man, this fits well. Because this is a broken man. He has struggles. He has difficulties. But we see him still trying to figure this out and to give God some glory. And just recently, he's at Coachella doing a, a religious service. You know what this also reminds me of? Reminds me of this guy. You ever heard of King David? Now, I don't know if Kanye West has murdered anybody. I haven't heard about that. Have you? King David was a, was a murderer, wasn't he? An adulterer. And we heard from the main lectures last night and the night before that David had some, some pride issues, didn't he? Remember when he was going to slay Goliath? He said, what shall be done for the man who kills Goliath? He was thinking of himself. What can I get out of this, right? So there's some selfishness there. If you look at that, committed sins of divine disobedience, pride, lust, adultery, deception, and premeditated murder. That's David, the man that we celebrate in Scripture, the man that we love, the man through whom Christ came, was this broken, broken man. But the Bible also says he was a man after God's own heart. Because he always returned to God with brokenness, transparency, and that's David. So I, I, and then what's really cool is David is this lyricist. Right? 
He's this writer. I think David is the best rapper I've ever heard. <laughs> He's got bars, like you say. <laughs> David's got some bars. Listen to his lyrics. Cleanse me with his, uh, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I'll be whiter than snow. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquity. I kind of heard that a little bit in some earlier <laughs> lyrics. Help me. Create in me a pure heart, O oh God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. My sacrifice, O oh God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. I love this. Because David here is a broken, broken man. And Kanye West would say he is a broken, broken man. He said it out loud. I'm broken, and I'm just trying to figure this thing out. And like I said, I don't see Kanye. I haven't heard of Kanye West murdering anybody. I hadn't, he's got a bad mouth, potty mouth, right? Barack Obama called him a jack donkey. That's the PG version, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's, that's Mr. Kanye West. He is, he can't be. But he's trying to figure this thing out, this cross pressure that he's dealing with. He's trying to figure this out. And we all deal with cross pressure, these opinions, and we're trying to figure out which way to go. And if I would kind of say it, I, I can't, I don't know if I should say this or not, but I'm going to say it. I wonder if David dealt with some mental stuff. He seemed a little bipolar as well. It sounds bad, and I probably shouldn't say that. Don't Who knows? But he was a man after God's own heart. So you know what we should be saying about Kanye West? And not only Kanye West. You can put in any celebrity. You can put in any person, your neighbor, family member, or friend. We're all on a journey of brokenness just trying to figure it out. There's good in us and there's bad in us. Sometimes the good takes over. Sometimes the bad takes over. But we're all on this journey and we're all broken pieces of pottery. And it reminds me of this quote that uh, my grandpa used to tell me. He still says it from time to time. But I didn't know where it came from, but I actually found it. It's pretty neat. Maybe you've heard this before. There is so much good in the worst of us. And so much bad in the best of us that it ill behooves any of us to find fault with the rest of us. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was grandpa, my grandpa would always say that. And I thought it was so clever because it's so true, right? James Truslow Adams, is, they say, is one of the authors who, um, who coined a lot of American phrases. This guy's a special person if you look him up in history. And I just love this idea that all of us, even in the best of us, we're, we're broken. We're messy. So who are we to judge? We just got to do the best that we can do. And that's what I see in the theology of Kanye West. I don't think he has it all right. I don't think we have it all right. But he's trying to work through it, just like we're trying to work through it. So hopefully, now, you have a better understanding of this guy, Kanye West, so the next time you see him on TV saying something crazy, at least you have some perspective on maybe how he got to this place, right? Uh, so anyway, I, I'm about done. Are there any questions uh, or any, anything you would add to this narrative of, uh, of Mr. Kanye West? What about the women in his life? Ooh, yes. He's had plenty of those. Um, but you all know who he's married to now, right? Yeah, he's married to Kim Kardashian. So I don't know much about the Kardashian family and story. Um, 
you guys, it's on public display if you watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Anybody still watch that? Not really? Okay, yeah, well, thank you. Represent, all right? So, uh, but yeah, they have a very, very interesting story, right? And the story actually goes that Kanye West met Kim Kardashian very, very early on when they were really young, and he was always infatuated with her, even from the time he was a, a young man, from the first time he, he, he met her. Um, so this is, this is a love story, it seems, that had been developing for quite a long time. And now they're married, and I think they have three, three kids or something like that. Four? Oh, is it four? one on the way. Is there one on the way? Okay. And, um, you know, the, the Kardashians live up in Calabasas, right? Just right, not too far from here. And Kanye West is around from time to time, so I was hoping he showed up, but he didn't. But, but anyway, I, that's all I really know about the Kardashians. I, 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 and I would say that I think Kim was involved in the Easter service or something like that, would you? Well, and supposedly, you know, maybe even through his connections, he was successfully able to advocate for some prison reform. Yes, oh, yes, yes, yes. You guys saw that story, right, with President Trump? Um, so the, the, the nutshell is that there was a lady, I, was it a drug conviction or something like that? She was involved in something. But she got a really bad deal where she was locked up for 20, 20-something 20 years. And Kim Kardashian, along with Kanye West, um, were speaking to President Trump about prison reform. And they had this conversation. And they looked at this woman's record, and they actually were able to release her, and she's reunited with her family. So they're big in this idea of prison reform, social justice. The Kardashians and Mr. West, come on now. <laughs> come on now. Anything else you'd add? Yeah. Not a question, but just uh, thank you for bringing this here. You know, uh, I was sat in on uh, Rabbi Wolfie's yeah. keynote yesterday, and he talked about David. And one of the things about David, you know, he's after God's own heart, and why is that when he's a murderer, adulterer, you know, all these things? And he concluded that David best represents all of humanity, good, bad, I mean, mm. in between. So I like that kind of comparison here with Kanye, too, where, you know what, for better or for worse, he is who he is, but there's good in there, there's bad in there, yeah. that's kind of all of us. So. Thank you. Yeah. Amen. That's right. That's really good. Really, really good. Yeah, he's a complicated man, and I thought we would have this discussion today just because he's always out there. He's a big man. Um, so anything else you'd add? Any other questions about Mr. West? Yeah. One of, the, one of my favorite things about him is uh, he goes on to say quite a bit that the, the greatest instrument that exists is the voice. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, he, uh, he uses all of that, you know, the NPC, but uh, in all of it, it's it's uh, treating the voice as different instruments. So the trumpet and all yeah. of that. And so even with Jesus walks, you have the, the choir in the background. And yeah, that's right. That's right. Working on the trumpet in the background. I've just always loved that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. All right. Well, I, I want to I want to say thank you for coming to this lecture. We're going to close out just a little bit early so you can get to your classes or wherever you're going next. So I just want to, again, thank you for coming. This was a bold class to come to, and you survived. So congratulations. I'm going to clap for you guys. I'm going to clap for you guys. So thank you for coming, and I appreciate your support. Um, I'm going to ask uh, uh, Aaron, if he would, close us out with a word of prayer and just uh, ask God to help us all with our brokenness, because we're all, like my uh, my wife says, we're all hot messes. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this opportunity that we have today to just come together and just to look at things from a different perspective, maybe something we had never thought about before. And, and we appreciate Jason bringing this message. and. Appreciate everyone just coming with open hearts and open minds to hear what he had to say. And we 
we learned some good things about him and some bad things about him, but really that just speaks to all of humanity and all of us when it comes right down to it. Um, there's good and bad in all of us, and sometimes it's easy to point that finger at others, but we need to look at ourselves and examine ourselves as well. So, Heavenly Father, we pray that we will just take the information that we learned here today, we'll apply that to our own lives and help to share that with others. And Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for everything that you do for us, everything that you bless us with, and most of all, we thank you for loving us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys.